Hello, Real Talk listeners. Welcome back to our last episode of this series called Dysfunctional Teens. Oh my gosh, Michelle, inattention to results is the last episode of The Five Dysfunctions. You know what's funny is I do believe, hands down, this is another great example of how when the other things are not in place, this is going to be a dysfunction that you have. Like when you're not working as a team, when the entire team is not committed, when goals and objectives are not clearly defined, here's what's going to happen. People are going to serve their own best interest. They're going to think about the projects that impact them the most. That's where they're going to put their attention. As a result of that, what you might find is that an individual is achieving some success but the team isn't necessarily moving forward. I've absolutely worked in places like that. And once again, we're going to put this on the leader, right? Because ultimately, even if you allow your team to be a part of deciding what the goals are, at some point, you as the leader have to say, here's our goals. Here's what we're going to accomplish. Here's how we're going to know we accomplished it. And here's when it needs to be accomplished by. At some point, you have to make sure those things are super clear. Otherwise, what are we holding each other accountable for? All roads lead back to the leader, right? All roads lead to the leader. When you say inattention to results, like, let's dive into that a bit. When would a team be inattentive and to what results would be some examples? If we're talking learning and development, in, so let's go with like an L&D world, Right. So within L&D, you might have a group that works on tactical learning, like hands-on kind of training stuff. You might have a group that is e-based. Maybe they manage your learning management system. And let's say you have another group that focuses on soft skills and maybe a fourth group that focuses on sales, uh, depending on what whatever it is you have. L&D for, right? And when you as that department, that L&D department leader, you have not established what the overarching team goals are, guess what those sales L&D folks do? They focus on sales. They focus on making sales good. They focus on what sales gaps are. They focus on what matters to them, right? That LMS team, your, your, um, your technical team, They focus on that LMS system. They work on bugs. Maybe they streamline some processes. They work on updating names of programs or how you can get them in the course library. And yet you thought as the leader, the L&B's biggest priority was creating support for high potential managers. And yet you've got sales, you've got everybody going in different directions not achieving that one team goal. The reality is when you have a department at that level that has multiple legs or multiple facets, what you're going to find is that sometimes this one is more of a priority than this field might be. HR is another example. If you look at the entire HR world, you might have talent acquisition, how you're bringing people in. You have employee relations folks 
you might also have HR ops or comp. And right now, our focus is that our technology is lagging behind. So there's a lot of attention and support that needs to be given to that HR ops world. And yet you've got, let's say, comp over here, making up all kinds of random crazy programs. And it's like, let me roll all this stuff out. When really where we need our attention is how do we improve our technology? So that's what I mean that when a leader isn't really clear, it results in people going about their own thing. Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, at an organization we work for, we had a performance management cycle and it talks about setting and establishing clear goals and giving a story or identity to tie to that when then you set direction and clear goals and then you hold people accountable to them and then you provide feedback. And then obviously the biggest part that I want us to talk through is reward and recognition because I feel like organizations don't do that piece enough. We always just look at the negative, but we don't recognize and reward nearly enough as we should for all the crap that gets accomplished in a day-to-day. But Let's put that to a side for a minute. So one of the stories I use is, you know, you have Susie. I don't know why Susie is a famous name. I should feel like I should use like Karen. I know. I think it should be called Karen's. Yeah. Okay. So you have Karen, who's a new employee on your team, or maybe has been here a while and now needs to learn how to go and, you know, do roundabouts. And they need to go do roundabouts and then they need to train the rest of the team on how to do that. And so then and they also need to establish how many roundabouts there are in the organization and report back. So we have some, you know, analysis and and whatnot. Same thing with compensation, right? You could tie it to compensation as well. Different departments, I think. You know, you sit there and you have Karen, obviously you set clear direction, you set clear goals on what to expect from her to get completed. And then Karen goes off on tangents. She learns the roundabouts um, and, you know, establishes a good foundational understanding as to why the rest or, you know, how many are in the rest of the country. But then she goes and she takes a break and she drives off to Chicago and grabs some hot dogs and Giordano's pizza And she kind of goes off on her own tangent and you're not paying attention. And at that point, the goal has now veered off track. Although she's kind of gotten accomplished what she needed to, but then she also feels like she needs to check out other areas of the country and and, and see what else is there. Maybe there's a roundabout there, but then she's making some pit stops, right? So when you are personally not attentive to the results that are happening with your team, you're going to see some misdirection. And you need to stay aligned and keep them aligned and give them some goals and directions and clarity. Because at some point, you're going to check in with Karen and be like, what happened to you? Why are you pivoting here and going off here? And she's going to be like, well, you told me to take a look at the rest of the country. So I did. And I stopped to have some pizza. So there needs to be clear discussions around that and then clear follow up. And that's the whole point around being attentive to results, because when you see it be inattentive, you can see your team, again, doing what they do best or fixing, just fixing things that they find that are broken or, you know, just doing projects that have been long in the pipeline. So if you have clear direction or if the company has a new strategy, you need to constantly be talking about that and focusing on that as a leader. Some things you can do are like monthly touch points with the entire team or enti- entire department. 
and re-talking through your strategy um, as to what your plans are and what your intent is for the team and then have them break out into other groups. That's a good opportunity for you to focus on that in that way. Obviously, everything needs to be measurable. You need to follow up. And then obviously, you need to reward and recognize team members. And gosh, we could have a whole segment on recognition. But I feel like team members need recognition for all the crap that they do. Because especially now during COVID, I'm sure there are slimmed down teams or there are teams that have taken on more responsibilities with new projects, uh, like returning to office or returning to work or COVID-related pieces. And they aren't getting recognized for the projects and the additional work that they've taken on with their reduction in force or whatever may be transpiring the extra projects that may be put on their plates to achieve higher results, right? You have a sales team. Obviously, they're working twice as hard, making twice the amount of calls because obviously sales isn't a top priority in some businesses when they're not an essential business. So you have people that are working twice as hard to try to achieve the same results for the company this year. And we need to stop and pause and acknowledge and recognize what's transpired and give them optimal feedback that's going to keep them motivated and driven to work harder. But that doesn't happen if you don't pay attention to your team and set clear goals and measure them. For sure. I think that's, you nailed the big thing is setting clear goals. Um, I've also seen, or at least I found in a lot of the research that I have been a part of is that guess what? most leaders fail to do, set clear goals and follow up based on that progress. So um, it's not something that's impossible. It is something though that you have to change how you are approaching communication within your team. It, It has to, you have to set the tone that results are expected and that we need to stay focused on the steps it takes to get to those goals. And then you obviously need to break it out individually. So that comes down to performance management individually and how you're going to conduct your annual review with your employee. And I think it's critical that you uh, obviously smart goals, really important. And I, I feel like I drill this into people leaders year after year because I always see that you know, Susie just has to show up to work every day. There's no like rhyme or reason or smart goals supporting it. Just show up. You'll get bonus. You'll get a merit, whatever the case may be. There's no substance to it. (laughs) Yeah. And we could have a whole segment on the amount of checkpoints and one-on-ones leaders should be having with their team because I know they're not doing it nearly enough as they should be. But that's a whole nother segment for a whole nother series. Um, But yes, making sure not only your team has goals and they're clear and concise, but each individual has their marching orders and that is clearly laid out as well. Yeah, for sure. So I would say that without question, as a leader, if there's one thing you can do to help get success within your team, it's to focus on what is pulling your team apart, what dysfunctions exist within your team. And so if you've heard some patterns or some things that you've seen in your team, here's what I'd say first. The book was written 
for a reason. You're not alone. <laughs> this is obviously common enough that it has become a focus for others. Um, and it, and frankly, a conversation that has been happening since probably the first team was ever created, right? It's also important that you remember you can't really fix these dysfunctions in a bucket. So um, if you listen to these and you go, we definitely avoid accountability, you're going to need to be honest with yourself because you probably don't have commitment, probably don't have a lot of productive conflict, and you might have some distrust amongst your team as well. So you're going to have to get real about your team and be honest about the role that you play in that process. But there are solutions. The same way that you can identify the dysfunctions of the team, there is clearly is an opposite, right? If the dysfunction is no one trusts each other, then all we have to do is start implementing things that build trust within that team. One of the dysfunction is inattention to results. The solution is getting clear about what the goals are, how you measure success, and what the milestones are to get you there, right? So if you need help, if you recognize the things that you hear in these podcasts, please reach out to us at support at realtalent.com. We will come in. uh, We will take a look at your entire group. We'll start to identify where some of those challenges are and the role you play in getting it on track as a leader. And then we will help you get it on track. I love it. Great feedback, Michelle. Yeah, I think we are here to help you. And like I said, it doesn't have to be extreme. That's why this content was created long ago, because every team has some sort of dysfunction, slightly or not, that they can work on. Yeah, because humans have dysfunction. So clearly the team is. Um, I would encourage you guys, absolutely, consider picking up Patrick Lencioni's book, The Five Dysfunctions of the Team, and then reach out to us. We'll be there to help you create the best team possible. Yep. So that is a wrap on our series. If you want to hear more, like I said, we just gave you a small sneak peek. This seems, I think we made it seem, Michelle, a lot easier than really what it is, but there's so much to do. It is sort of complicated. It is so much more complicated. Honestly, guys, if it was super easy, it's kind of like when you and I talk about culture, right? One of the things we always say is if creating a great culture was easy, then we would all have great cultures already. If creating great teams was an easy task, we'd all have great teams that we work for. Uh, there are lots of steps involved in this. There's a lot, a lot of pain, emotional pain, not physical Um, because you have to get honest about some things. So reach out for help. Don't think you have to do it alone. That's right. So um, until next time, we're going to get started on our next series. We're not even going to share with you what it is because it's just that good. So it is that good. First of all, they should just listen because we are super entertaining and smart. That's true. Yep. Those reasons. That's why you should. Right. Who cares what the topic is? Just show up. We promise you'll get a few nuggets and a couple of laughs. That's right. So stay tuned, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.